Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. How are we doing today? We good? We're good? Yeah, you, you look good. Look to your neighbor and say, you look good today. Look at the person that was your second choice and say, you look all right. You look okay. You look all right. Maybe take a few extra minutes next week. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Hey, I'm glad that you're here today. I'm so thankful that you chose to be a part of this day. It's a special day. It's a great day uh, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, one of the things that we're going to do in just a few minutes is we're going to celebrate water baptism. And uh, man, I'm so, I love, somebody said to me after the first service, they said, you know, you're, a, you're always in a good mood, which that, that's not always true. But I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely not a glass half full guy. I'm a glass full full guy. It's full of, half full of water, half full of air. So somebody get on that level. But I, uh, I'm definitely positive but he said, he said, there's just something different on baptism day. You're just kind of floating around. There's just like a glow about you. And I was like, you're right. I love baptism. And so after our first service, we baptized like six or seven people. And, and so I'm thankful. In this service, we got like 11 or 12 of you that are registered to be baptized. And it's going to be awesome. And so I'm thankful for that. Absolutely. You want to go ahead and put your hands together. That's great. I'm thankful. Thankful for baptisms and love, love to see you go public with your faith. And one of the things that we always do is we always allow you the opportunity, if you did not register to be baptized, we ask you to do that just so we can be prepared for you. But if you did not register, but you would like to be baptized, we allow you to do that. Just what we call spontaneous baptism. One of my favorite things to do is baptize people in jeans, because I know that's going to be a fun ride home. But uh, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. I'm here preaching with water on this sleeve from the first service. So you'll figure it out. It'll be fine. But if you've never been baptized, or maybe it's been a long time, you've recently made a first-time decision or what we would call a recommitment of your life to Jesus Christ, we want you to go public with that in baptism. And there's no better time than today. And so I would love for you to jump into baptism today. And so many great things happening. I want to jump into our message today because uh, we've got a a short amount of time here so that we can celebrate with folks. But man, I, I told you last week, and I've been dialoguing with some of our staff and some of our team, some of our elders Uh, that over the last few months, I have been, burdened may not be the right term, because so often we think of burden as a negative thing, like, oh, I'm burdened because of something bad. I I may be convicted, maybe challenged about this idea of prayer. It started back in January with our 21 days of prayer that we do every year. We'll do that again this coming January. And we offer prayer on a regular basis. We offer it every time we meet together, like we just did a few moments ago. We also meet together every single month on the first Saturday of the month in this room, and we pray over the needs of our congregation, and we pray over the needs of the people that are in the room. You're invited to that. We'd love to have you be a part of our first Saturday prayer, but we just talked about how how do we pray, and when do we pray, and, and how can we be more intentional about prayer within the life of our church, and one of the things that we discussed was just making sure that we know what prayer is, that we know how to pray, and we know what happens when we pray. And so I told you last week, we're going to spend these two weeks, today and next Sunday, talking about what happens when prayer happens. When prayer happens, like what does that look like? And, and so today, we're going to spend a lot of time just talking about kind of our part in prayer. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about really kind of God's part in prayer. So this is the image that makes sense in my head. If it doesn't make sense to you, then maybe there's another one that makes sense. But like if you picked up the phone and that was kind of your part of prayer and you're, you're saying some things to God, today is about your part of that conversation. And next week, we're going to talk about what happens on the other end of that call. Like what does God do when he hears our prayers and, and what happens in the heavenly? Like what does that look like? So I invite you to be with us next Sunday for the second part of this little two-week look at 
prayer. So today, we're going to spend a lot of our time in the book of Matthew. So if you've got a Bible with you, a printed Bible, I encourage you to bring a Bible with you the weeks that you can. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a free one at the Information Center today. But if not, you've got a smartphone, you've got a Bible with you, you just didn't know it, open up the Bible app. And today is one of those days that I encourage you to take some notes. Maybe jot some notes down in the margin of the Bible there. It's yours. You paid for it. You can write in it. There's nothing to say you shouldn't do that. If you've got an app, you can make some notes there or the notes app in your phone. But I encourage you to, to kind of follow along because I think if it's not even relevant specifically to where you're at today, at some point you may bring this back to your mind and it may help you then. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to start today. This is the place where Jesus is doing his first kind of public sermon And as he's preaching this first public sermon, he is teaching his followers how to pray, which I think is relevant to all of us today. And this is what we read, beginning in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins now here's the punchline today we'll just start with this it is assumed that you pray or that you pray in some form or you have prayed or you want to pray Because when Jesus was teaching his followers, including us, how to pray, he didn't say if you pray, he said, and when you pray, when you pray. And I told our team earlier this morning, like if today has a title, it's this, and when you pray. Because there is an assumption that you are going to pray. And the reason that that assumption exists is because all of us are not physical beings just kind of living life and trying to figure out the earth. We are all spiritual beings. We have a soul on the inside of us that God created and placed on the inside of us. And that soul is the spirit part of us that is living out a physical experience right now. We're just kind of living in humanity right now, but we are a soul that is connecting to or striving to connect to something spiritual outside of ourselves. And so every major world religion has prayer incorporated into it somehow. It can look a little different. The words might be a little different. The posture might be a little different physically, whether you stand or kneel or where you do it, where you, when you can. But every world religion has some form, some component of prayer. Why? Because all of us recognize, even if you don't articulate it this way, that we are in the natural. We can feel it, see it, touch it. And we are hoping for, believing for, that there is something supernatural beyond us that's got a better idea of what to do than we do. And so we're just trying to figure out, like, God, if you are out there somewhere, if anyone is listening, if there's anybody that can help me, if someone could give me wisdom, if something could help me to live life with more intention or more wisdom than I can conjure up on my own or create through study or effort or production in my life, like, if there's just something in the supernatural that can help make sense of the natural, I'm looking for that. And it seems like in every world religion, whatever that looks like, all of them have some component of prayer. 
Now, in the Christian faith, I would define prayer this way. This is not my definition, but I would use this definition because I think it makes the most sense. It simplifies things very comfortably for me. Prayer is just a conversation with God. Prayer is just a conversation with God. Now, if you have a lot of just ease and comfort with conversation, then that sounds awesome. If you're an extrovert or an Enneagram 7 or you've never met a stranger, you could talk to that wall right there, then you can talk to God. Because like, it's like, okay, I could do that. But some of you, you're introverted. It's like always a little bit awkward when you're talking to people. You never know what to say, how to respond. You know, one of my favorite comedians, he, he says, like, if you get out of the cab at the airport and the cab driver says, hey, have a good flight, and you're like, you too. Well, that cab driver's not taking a flight. So that doesn't really work in that scenario. Maybe you respond in ways sometimes that don't always make sense. Well, that, that's kind of how you feel about conversation in everyday life. Then having a conversation with the Almighty Having a conversation with God may seem daunting. It may seem confusing or like weird, and you're not really sure you could have a conversation with God because you can't have a conversation with your neighbor. You can't talk to the people around you. So what does that look like? Well, again, today we're going to talk about our part of this conversation. Next week, we're going to talk about God's part of this conversation. But I want, with the few minutes that we have, I want to look at four specific things, most of them found right out of the verses we've already read about prayer and, and what matters in prayer. The first thing is this, it matters that you pray. It matters that you pray. Now, I've already kind of told you part of what what I said at the beginning. It's assumed that you are praying, even if that's not what you're calling it. And so now it's just refining the things that you're doing or how you're approaching God. There's not necessarily a right way or a wrong way specifically, but there are some things that he gives to us to help us to understand what prayer can look like. But it matters that you pray. Because if you're going to have a relationship with God, and I don't make the assumption that everybody in the room does have a relationship with God, but if you are going to have a relationship with God, a part of that relationship needs to be communication. I'll use this example, and I'll come back to it a couple of times today. My wife's sitting right down here on the front row, Corey, and so Corey and I will celebrate 20 years of marriage in just a few months. She believes in long-suffering. That's just really what she does, but one of the things that helps our relationship is communication. We talk. We talk a lot. Sometimes it's, it's deep and serious and personal. And other times it's funny and it's laughter and sometimes it's tears and sometimes it's in passing and sometimes it's looking right at one another. But the thing that strengthens our relationship is communication. Can you imagine, and maybe some of you don't have to imagine it, it is your reality. Can you imagine being in a relationship where you never communicated with one another at all? How healthy would that relationship be? Like maybe you could get around it for a few days or a few weeks or a few months, but eventually there is a divide in the relationship because there's no shared communication. We're not talking about the things that are happening during our day. We're not talking about our fears and our dreams. We're not talking about the stressors of our life. We're not talking about the good and the bad and the ugly. And so eventually there is a chasm between the two of us because we're not communicating. And I would say that about our relationship with God. There was always a chasm of sin, and God knew that, and so he sent his son Jesus to cross that divide through the cross of Jesus Christ And when we receive this free gift of salvation, he's already kind of spanned the gap. But then if we choose not to communicate with him, we are trying to create our own gap again because we're not sharing the things that are going on in our heart. We're not sharing our fears and our dreams and our worries and confessing our sins to him. And so there is this gap 
in the relationship. And we don't pray because God doesn't know. What we just read in verse 8, it says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. He already knows. Now, I'll use a different family illustration than our marriage. My son, Tucker, who loves for me to talk about him, is sitting right here. I'm not going to ask him to raise his hand, but he's the one in the cast. Um, So Tucker, last night, his eyes are a little puffy today because last night he got cayenne pepper in it. I know, I know. And you think, oh, poor kid, how did that happen by accident? No. He was trying to breathe cayenne pepper into his nose, and some of it got up into his eye. And you're like, why would he do that? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Because Tucker's 14, and Tucker's 16-year-old brother said, I never see you sneeze. Breathe in this cayenne pepper, and let's see if that'll make you sneeze. Now, I don't want to brag, but I may have saved his life when I poured milk in his eyeball after that. We've got it on video if you'd like to see that because we're great parents. And so we were like, hey, get the camera. This is hilarious. Watch this. (laughs) But sometimes your kids will come to you and they'll say, hey, I need help. Guess what I did? And you're shocked by it. Well, your father in heaven is never shocked by what you're praying. Like he's never like, you did what? You went where? What'd you say? You're confessing what to me? You need my help. Why? Like he's never shocked. He already knows what you need. And yet he invites you into a conversation about it. He said, hey, let's just talk about a little cayenne pepper in your eye. Why don't you talk to me? What were you thinking? Right? Let's, let's, let's touch that need. Let's heal that thing. Let's talk about wisdom. And you're like, there's always this conversation, but he's never shocked because he already knows what you need before you ask it. And so our relationship with God is strengthened through communication. And I would encourage you, if you're trying to figure out how to live in relationship with God, beyond just praying a sinner's prayer, if you're trying to figure out how to have a strong relationship with God, I would encourage you to communicate with him. Just just to find time and find ways, which we're going to talk about, just to pray and talk to God. The, The first thing that I wanted you to know right here is it matters that you pray. And so maybe you're like, well, can you be a Christian without praying? Maybe. Like, I, I think, I mean, like, it's, it's about faith in God and the work of Jesus. So yes, I guess in name, but like, what kind of relationship do you have with God if you are never talking to him? So it matters that you pray. Here's the second thing. It matters when you pray. It matters when you pray. Now, I want you to do a self-evaluation real quick. I just want you to think when do you pray most often? Like when, when, when are most of your prayers happening? There's no wrong answer here. I'm not going to ask you to read it out loud or say it out loud. But when are you praying most of the time? Are you praying only kind of on Sundays or in gatherings like this? That's great. There's, there's no harm in that. But this is kind of like your prayer life exists in moments like this. Do you pray only when you need him urgently? Right? When, when you look in the mirror and you see the blue lights behind you, like, Lord... Let's that cop run out of gas. Like, just let him, like, let him be chasing somebody else, Lord. You know, like, just, like, part the reds. I don't know. You, like, I don't know what that prayer looks like, but when you, you pray when you're going into a doctor's visit, and you're like, God, I need a good report right here. I remember when I was a student, and I used to talk about this when I was a youth pastor a lot. Do, do you pray most often when you're about to take a test that you know, eh, maybe you haven't studied as much for? Like, do you just pray, like, in moments of urgency? There's nothing wrong with that. You should pray in those moments. 
Do you pray out of routine or ritual? Do you pray like right before a meal? And that's most of your prayers are kind of like, now I lay me down to sleep. Like you're, you're praying just kind of out of routine and ritual because that's what you pray. None of those things are bad. But if that's all your prayer life is, I would encourage you to kind of expand it a little bit and let's look at when other times that we could pray might be. Like it matters when you pray. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The short answer about when you should pray is all the time. You should just pray all the time. And you're like, pray, I, pray all the time. I can't pray all the time. I got stuff I got to do. I got to work. I got to come to church. I got to drive. I got to take phone calls. I, like, I can't pray all the time. But But really, I think what happens is we're thinking about prayer in a really formal way that requires a beginning and an ending and has certain outlines and functions. But like if prayer is just a conversation with God, I want to just kind of go back to the illustration with me and Corey. Like I don't walk in at the end of the work day and walk in and say, oh, dearest wife of mine, I'm home and I want to thank you for all that you've... Like, no, if I did that, she would laugh at me, first of all. But like it doesn't have to have this formal introduction and this formal ending and all the... Like, it's just, a, I just walk in, I'm like, hey, I'm home. How was everybody's day? Oh, that was good. Hey, here's some things that happened in mine. And I'll, I'll sit in the kitchen and she's making dinner and the kids are working on homework and maybe snorting cayenne pepper. I don't really know what we're doing and depends on the day and I don't really know. And so it's like, we're just doing stuff and then I'm grabbing milk and I'm like, we're just having conversations all day long. And so like, if you want to pray without ceasing, it's really just talking about like, hey, every moment of my day is a moment that's right to talk to God. There is no wrong time. And so I get up on that morning and I'm just kind of putting my shoes on and I'm just thanking God for shoes. And you say, well, why why would you thank God for shoes? Because some people don't have shoes. Like we just sent 200 pairs of shoes to the orphanage we're going to visit in about a week and a half. Because like you've got 50 pairs of shoes in your closet, but we sent them two pairs so they would have two pairs. Like some people, so I'm just thanking God for shoes, right? And and I'm thanking God for the ability for my fingers to work to tie those shoes. And I'm just getting up and thanking God for two knees that will work, even if the doctor had to build one of them or something. Like I'm just, I'm just thanking God for the function. I'm thanking God that I've got a car that will get me to work. I'm thanking God that I stayed cold or warm in my home that night. And I'm just thanking God. And then I'm talking about my day. God, you know, I got a 10 o'clock meeting today and I'm, I'm praying now that you would prepare that meeting and that it would be productive. And effect. Like, it's just a conversation. Sometimes it's verbal and it's out loud, and sometimes it's thoughts in my mind as I'm just meditating on God's word and his goodness and, and just preparing the day through a communication with God. I'm praying in traffic. You ever prayed in traffic? Some of us, you got to get saved in traffic. Like, it's like, I ain't prayed in traffic. I'm praying for something to happen. I mean, I got just... The other day, for the first time, I prayed and thanked God for a delay in traffic. Now, if you've attended here for any length of time, you know I hate delay. I will go backwards just to keep driving. I'm not going to sit still, right? But I was sitting in traffic, and there was no way out, and eventually I got up to an accident that kind of felt like it was around the time I might have been there if the traffic hadn't stalled out. And and I wasn't like thanking God because somebody was in. So I was praying for those people and God touched those people and healed those people if they got hurt. But like, thank you, God, for delay. I want to keep moving efficiently, but you know the timing and you order my steps. So God, thank you for delay sometimes. And like, you just find ways to communicate with God. God, I'm, I'm afraid. God, I'm worried. I'm anxious. God, I'm thankful. And you just have an ongoing conversation 
with God. Prayer shouldn't be a foreign language. It should just be this natural part of the dialogue of your day. And that's what Jesus modeled for us. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He got up early in the morning, and he prayed. Some of you, that's where, that's where prayer happens best for you, early in the morning. Like the win for you is just when it's still dark outside. I got a friend, gets up every morning, goes downstairs with a cup of coffee, kind of pulls a blanket over them, gets out their Bible and their journal, and just spends some time in prayer and in relationship with God. And maybe that's what it's like for you. I mean, just early in the morning, that's when you meet with God. Jesus just said, hey, I'm going to go out early in the morning while it's still dark. Some of you hate that time of day. You, you wish it didn't exist. Your, your clock operates best from like 11 a.m. to like 2 a.m. And you just wish prayer could happen there. It can. It can. It can happen early in the morning. It can happen late at night. It could be after you get all the kids to bed or after the, the game goes off or your favorite show goes off or right before you lay your head down on the pillow, you just spend a few moments in prayer and conversation with God because they're just, yes, you can pray all the time and you should, but there's also these moments where like in the chaos of the kitchen and the busyness and solving the problems within the family and doing the things that we enjoy with everybody, there are also times that Corey and I need to pull away from everything else and we just spend individual time together. It's kind of just our date, our time. And God desires that with you too. Just a time, a win that you can spend time with him. And so you just need to find that win in your day. And it, it can happen anywhere throughout the time, anywhere throughout the clock, anywhere throughout the calendar. It matters when you pray because you can pray anytime. Here's the third one. It matters where you pray. It matters where you pray. Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse five and six again, it says this, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is un. Scene. Now, let's be clear right up front. He is not saying that prayer in public is a sin. There are a number of places that Jesus prayed in public out loud. The apostle Paul talks about praying, praying corporately, praying in the church. He prayed on the street corner. They prayed for people. And so this is not about public prayer per se. It's about the spirit or the motivation for that public prayer. If you only pray in public so people think you are somebody, if you pray differently in public so that other people think you're more spiritual than you are, whatever that means. He's saying, hey, public prayer is not the issue. A haughty spirit is the issue. So like if it's a conversation with God, he's saying, then listen, just go into your room, close the door, and let's have a private conversation because I'm going to hear you. I'm going to see you. I know what's happening because you're just talking to me. And so it matters where you pray because it matters who you think you're praying to. And just to remind you again, like Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it said very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place to pray. You can pray in public. You can pray in the church. You can pray in the cubicle on your job or in your office. You can pray in your car. You can pray, you can pray at a ball game. Like you can pray anywhere you want to pray, and you should pray all of those places. But there also should be a place that you pull away to pray. For me, that's my brown chair. I don't know what it is for you. I got a brown chair. That's my spot. Every time I show up in the brown chair, Jesus meets me there. Like we just, that's our spot. That's just our place. 
And some of you, it's the rocking chair on your back porch. Some of you, it's your car because you have a long commute. And every single day when you get in, you just know Jesus is going to meet you right there. You're going to pray. You're going to talk to God. You hear from God. I don't know what that looks like. Some of you, it's in a deer stand or on a golf course. Some of you, it's walking around a store shopping. Some of you, you ain't never met Jesus shopping. Right? It's just, you got to find your spot. You can pray anywhere, but you also should pray somewhere, like a specific place that you pull away and meet God right there. There's nowhere that's off limits to pray. You should pray in this room. You shouldn't just allow other people to pray when it's a moment of prayer. This is the safest place for you to learn how to pray. I promise you, because I know a lot of the people in the room, I don't know everybody in the room, but I know a lot of the people in the room, if you pray and you feel like you do something wrong, nobody's going to look at you and go, they don't belong here. They don't know how to pray. They need to go to a different church. Like, we pray. No, 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 they're going to... They're going to love you and put their arms around. They're going to pray with you and encourage you and strengthen, pray for you. Like all of the, this is a safe place for you to belong. Even as you're trying to flesh out what you believe and how you believe and how you enter into this relationship with God and strengthen that and grow and measure. Like this is a place you can do that. You should pray in this place as often as you can. There's nowhere that's off limits to pray. If you're in a pit, if you're just down in it right now, Sometimes that's the place that you feel like I'm just crying out to God and I don't even know if he hears. He hears. He hears. Pray out of the pit and believe that God can heal you. He can rescue you. He'll meet you there. It matters where you pray because you can pray anywhere. Here's the last thought. It matters what you pray. It matters that you pray. It matters when you pray. It matters where you pray. And it really does matter what you pray. Matthew chapter nine or 6 again Verses 9 through 15 says this, Our Father in heaven, Lord's prayer, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now there's so many great thoughts right here in this Lord's prayer and I encourage you If you don't know what to pray, start right here and just pray this. For hundreds and hundreds of years, saints have prayed these words. When you and I pray, we're not praying, we're not making it up, we're not inventing it. There was prayers happening before you were ever a thought. Like prayer is this amazing thing. And so if you don't know what to pray, pray these words that Jesus taught us how to pray. But I love the first few words that we read here. Our Father in heaven. Do you see it? Do you see it? There's a a word right there that's really important to this. It's not the word heaven. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. It's not the word in. It's not the word father. It's the word our. Jesus taught us how to pray, and he could have said, when you pray, pray, the father. He could have said, when you pray, pray, my father. But he said, when you pray, pray our father. There's this amazing communal, personal aspect to prayer. That you and I are invited to an ongoing conversation with God. That it was happening between the natural and the supernatural before you ever showed up, before I ever showed up. And it's going to continue. Should the Lord tarry, which is a phrase my grandparents taught me. 
So the Lord Terry is going to continue long after you are no longer on this earth. This amazing communal, personal aspect to prayer. When you pray, pray our Father. Jesus was saying to you, hey, I'm praying too. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. But I'm praying. When you pray, I'm praying. We're praying. Other saints are praying. Other people are praying. And when you pray, you're praying our Father. There's this communal aspect. We're recognizing that he's not just your Father. He's also my Father. He's father of sons and daughters of faith. He's our father. And then we begin to pray those words and we say, hallowed, holy, reverenced is your name. Not because I've said it, but because your word says it and the Holy Spirit says it. And we are drawn to recognize that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Like you have a different perspective than we have. And and so we recognize together communally that you're holy. And we also pray together in thanksgiving, thanking you not just for the things that you've done for us, but the things you've done for others. That you've blessed other people and you've blessed our families and other families. And so we are thankful and grateful that you've provided daily bread, not just today, but in previous days and in future days, that you all together, we are declaring that you are our provision. And we give you thanks for it. We make requests, not just for ourselves, but maybe sometimes the easiest way to get the attention of God is to pray for somebody else. So we call on the strong name of God for for somebody else to receive healing or a touch or a blessing. Because he's not just my father, he's not just your father, he's our father. This communal, personal thing that we've been invited into, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so if you don't know how to pray, or maybe your prayer life's gotten a little stale. Or you, don't, you don't know when you pray if it ever gets above the ceiling of whatever room you're in. There's a lot of different things that you could pray. Again, pray the Lord's Prayer. Let me just kind of give you a, a little bit of an outline that might can stir up some prayer in your life. It's an acronym, four letters. The first is adoration. I'm just gonna start in worship and praise to God. I'm just gonna thank him for who he is and and I'm going to just declare his goodness and holy, hallowed is his name. I'm just going to worship him for a moment. Before I do anything, I'm just going to acknowledge who he is and who I see him to be. And, and just declaring his greatness over the earth and over my life. Adoration, worship, praise. The second thing could be the letter C, confession. Sometimes when we think confession, we think going into the booth in the Catholic church maybe. But it's, it's beyond that. The word confession here means just to agree with. Like God already knows who you are. God already knows what you've done. And so in confession, I'm just agreeing with God that I need his holiness. I need his forgiveness. I need his mercy. I need his grace. I need his love. So I just confess to him all of my shortcomings. And I confess my need for him in my life. That I need his strength when I'm weak. I need his strength when I'm strong. And so I just confess who he is and who he can be in my life because of who I'm not. And then the letter T, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. This is different than adoration because adoration focuses on who he is. Thanksgiving focuses on what he's done. I just thank God for his goodness and his blessings. I thank God that there's breath in my lungs. I thank him for provision. I thank him for healing. I thank him for all the many things that he's done in my life. Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so I thank him 
before I ask him. And then the letter S, supplication. That's just petition. That's prayer requests. It's just asking God for something. I've worshiped him. I've confessed who I am to him. I've thanked him and now I'm asking him. I'm saying, God, I need you to do something in my life and something in my heart. I need you to do something in the life of somebody else that I know. So God, I'm making my petitions known to you. I'm requesting something. I come boldly before the throne of grace and make my request known to you. A-C-T-S. Maybe you start there. Maybe you start with the Lord's Prayer. Don't make it too complicated. Don't overthink it. It's a conversation with a God who loves you, who desires to have a conversation with you, who's not shocked by anything that you might say to him. He just wants to talk. He's just waiting on you to pick up the phone. He's just waiting on you to cry out, Father, Dad, Lord, Jesus, I I need you. I love you. I'm asking you. Whatever it looks like, it matters that you pray. It matters when you pray. It matters where you pray. It matters what you pray. Just pray. Just pray. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In just a moment, we're going to pray together. Sometimes you just bow your head and you let me pray. But today, I want you to pray. I'm going to pray with you, but I want you to pray. And when we bow in just a moment, if you are already registered to be baptized, I'm going to invite you just to step out into the lobby and to meet us there. You can go ahead and get prepared. They've got a t-shirt for you. We'll just meet you out there. We're going to baptize you in a moment. And if you came today and you were not prepared, but you know today is your day, there's no time like the present. You don't want to wait. You meet us out there. We'll give you a t-shirt. You're going to go home wet and that's all right, but we'll baptize you today as well. I'm going to ask everybody in the room, just bow your head, close your eyes just for a moment. Nobody's looking around. If you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I know that I'm not in a relationship with God. I need him to forgive my sins and to be my Lord. And so before I try to pray to him, I want to have a relationship with him. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? We want to pray for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else? You're not alone. So many hands already. Thank you so much. You can put it right down. Anybody else? Thank you so much. And now if you would just say to me, Jeremy, for me, I want to have a better prayer life. I want to feel like when I talk to God, he hears me. I don't want to overcomplicate it. I want to simplify it and communicate with God. If that's you, would you lift your hand, my hands up today? Thank you so much. Let's pray together. God, we thank you today. I thank you so much for all that we've experienced all day long. Worship, prayer, fellowship, your word, community today. God, we thank you for that. God, I pray right now for every person that lifted their hand to acknowledge their need for you. They have confessed today. They have agreed with you and your word, as so many of us already have before, that we are sinners in need of a savior and you provided salvation for us. And if that was you today and you lifted your hand, I encourage you, say with your own mouth, God, I need you to forgive my sins and to be my Lord. You make that decision today. And I believe as soon as you confess it with your mouth, he'll respond to you. That's what his word tells us. He fills you with his presence. God, we thank you for salvation today. I pray that you would help them to grow in relationship with you. Help us to walk along this journey with them. And God, now I pray for every person that desires to have a greater prayer life, to communicate more with you. God, strengthen our hunger 
and our thirst, our desire for righteousness and right standing and relationship with you. And God, let us just communicate with you every chance that we get, everywhere, every moment of our day. God, we pray that you would help us to strengthen our communication with you, to deepen the relationship that we have. Thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do for all of your glory and your honor and nothing else. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.